Hi listeners, welcome to episode 34 of Define Normal. After a much needed break, I'm back. As I shared with you all, I started a new job in August and I've been adjusting to that. I've been traveling a bit for work and for fun and I just needed a minute to take a break from the podcast and coordinating interviews and interviewing people to just get settled into the new rhythm of my life essentially. So thank you for your patience while I did that. I'm happy to be back. I will do an episode on how working at a startup is going and what the situation is with that versus big tech, but I've been loving it so far, to be honest, so I'm excited to share more with you all. Let me get into what's happening in this week's episode. So this week, I'm talking to Ben Helms, who is a friend of mine and a fashion king. Ben has been featured on Throwing Fits, and if you aren't familiar, definitely look them up on Instagram. They also have a podcast. And he's just a friend of mine who loves fashion. I feel like there is such a community of women who love fashion and talk about it. And with living in New York City for so long, I know plenty of men who are into clothes, but I also know that it's not the norm everywhere, especially where I grew up in the Midwest. So I wanted to talk to Ben a bit about his style, what he likes to spend his money on, what fits he can't stand, if he likes jewelry. We get into a little bit of it all. So stay tuned for my interview with Ben. Welcome to this week's episode of Define Normal. This week, I'm joined by Ben. Welcome to the show, Ben. What up, what up, what up? Thanks for having me, Sheldon. Of course, glad you're here. Ben is joining me today to talk about getting a fit off. Ben is a fit king. If you don't follow him on Instagram, I'll drop his Instagram in the show info. But we're here to talk about the evolution of his style, how he found his style, like what's it like to be a guy who's into fashion. I think some of you need to step your game up. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Ben got there and like how he's getting these fits off. So the first and most important question is, how did you get into fashion? Like what, what is the evolution of your style from young Ben to Ben now? So young Ben starting off. So like I always cared about how I looked, what I looked like. That came from my mom. My mom, shout out moms, always came through, like bought the clothes. She picked on my clothes for the hottest of minutes, like probably up until like fourth, fifth grade. I'm going to be very honest with you. And like through college, she was still like sending me care packs with like, you know, the odd polo in it, you know, some pants, whatnot. So like mom, mom's always showed love, but she kind of was like, yo, like every time you step out the house, like you have to, you have to look good. Like your image matters. Like you should care about how you look. And so like, I always cared, but I never didn't always know like what to care about. Right. Like, The hair was a hair was a whole thing. I could talk for like forty five minutes about hair. That was that was an evolution. Let's just leave it at I was great clips tennis ball number three all over from probably from like man like fifth grade up until like freshman sophomore year of college. Like it was deep. We're deep in the great clips trenches. I was familiar with them chairs. But yeah, going up through grade school like. I went to Catholic school all the way up through seventh grade. And so that wasn't really like getting fits, like looking good. Like school was pretty much taken care of. So that wasn't really a thing outside of school. I was just like in, like I said, like the stuff my mom bought me, it was your odd, like Nike stuff, like the polo, whatever. My mom was hitting like Marshall field, like stuff like that. So it was decent stuff. Didn't really bother like coordinating too much. And then eighth grade, I switched to a public school. And this is where, this is where it got a little brutal. I had a, I had a very brief, thankfully, but um, intense affair with K&G and K&G fashion. I'm talking like all the surplus, Sean John, 
Mark Echo, South Pole, like, oof, it was, we was in it. Like, talk, talk about complex before it was complex. Like, Mark Echo's complex, yes. Rhino logos all day, all day, all upon me. Came into eighth grade, like, really rocking, like, the long denim shorts, the oversized shirts. Like, that was not the move for me at the time. That was not, that was not the move. Did not get a great response. And granted, the school I went into was, like, very suburban Chicago, like, south suburbs. Like, think of, like, a Naperville type yeah. scenario, if anyone's familiar. And so, like, that was just not hitting not hitting at all and so like that lasted maybe like six months and then I pretty much dove head first into like the whole Hollister Abercrombie like you Shelby I know you know the vibes yes I can smell the store now <laughs> oh absolutely like I took it as far I worked there like don't get it twisted I had a whole I had a whole thing worked at Hollister I did the whole like Gilly Hicks like shirt off at the mall like that was me like, yeah, it was... It was... shirt off at the mall? <laughs> no, do you, do you ever walk up to, like, the Abercrombie and they'd have those dudes standing outside with, like, the shirts off, the jeans, the flip-flops? Yeah, that yes. was me. Diversity hire. <laughs> Diversity hire. So you had your shirt... You went from Sean John to, in Mark Echo, to shirts off at, at the mall with flip-flops at Hollister. In a matter of, like, four years. It was wow. a pretty it was a pretty quick turnaround. So that was your first evolution. That's like the first yeah. big change. That, that was the first evolution. And the thing was, like, I really liked that shit. I just thought that that was what was popping. It was like, yo, this is, like, I think what looks good. So let's rock that. And, like, really obviously dove headfirst into that. Fast forward, we get to college. Joined the frat. Did that whole thing. This is So this is where I really kind of picked up more on the style like late high school early college was where my like what really kind of sparked it for me was I found like I used to hit Barnes and Noble right just like browse the magazines all that I, I found GQ and that just kind of like set it off for me that was really where the whole thing started where I started figuring out like menswear what that meant and just like kind of all of that that was really kind of what like sparked the interest it was like okay I like looking good here's what I feel like is kind of like the manual how to do it in what I felt was like a sustainable way but still I was in college and so a lot of that those decisions like kind of followed that like I did have I did have a moment which is some very very brightly colored pastel pants I can't even get it twisted like <laughs> so you were doing like the SEC frat boy look, like salmon pants, light blue pants. Watered down a little bit and okay. with a li with a little bit more sauce. A little a flavor. Little sauce, little flavor. I added a little seasoning to that shit. Okay. <laughs> Pulled the hot sauce out the pocket, but still like very the framework was there. The SEC frat boy framework was absolutely there. The colored pants, some of these boat shoes. I was never big into like the polos and stuff. But yeah, the framework was absolutely there. Oh my god! Can like, how did you add sauce to this look? Like, I already see it, but like, what what made your frat boy look a little spicier than the rest? So at this point, I had adopted what at that time was, I believe, Usher was rocking it. It was like the faded down side and like the mid top with the with the like mohawk all the way down in the back. Yes. Like, so I added a little bit of sauce there. 
And then I'd add some, like, you know, some sportswear in there. I had some cool shoes. I was always in, like, basketball shoes and shit. And, like, so, like, I added, I added the shoes, stuff like that, some loafers, you know. And so, like, I had to, I had to sauce it up a little bit. And, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate the amount of sauce that I added to this shit. It was, like, it was, it was a dab or two. Like, it wasn't, like, basic boat shoe. Like, it, you just add a little something to it. A little something to it. Okay. Even at that point, I had always... I always looked for something that was, like, a little bit more unique. Like, it was, it fit within, like, what was the thing, but it was, like, something that, like, not everybody would go for. And that's remained, like, a main pillar of my style, like, to this day. So what would you describe your style as present day? So present day, I would describe my style as... I feel like when anyone tries to describe their own style, you sound so, like, you sound so lame and played. Like, oh, like, I'm upscale this. I wear streetwear. It's like, dog, like, you, need to back, you need to back it up a little bit. I guess I, I like singular statement pieces surrounded by elevated, like, just basics. Like, stuff that you can, like, swap in and out. And then I like having one, like, kind of wild piece that I'll structure the whole rest of the fit around. Okay. I like that. So you have, you start with a statement piece and build, do some really solid basics on top of it. The basics are the key. Basics are the key. So like if you're giving men any piece of advice about like where they should look to get into fashion or like, what is the one thing they should think about when it comes to fashion? Are you going with basics or the key or what else should we know? Get things that you can mix and match with each other that like is all gonna look good like holistically together. Don't just buy like one fit because then you just got the one fit and like each piece kind of looks weird on its own. Stuff like that. Like you, I know you know people that like kind of dress off the rack and even people that like be spending money like spending like designer stuff. Like you'll buy like a they'll buy like a full clearly like full off the rack look and it's like all right, dude, like you can only wear that with that. So I'm gonna drag your city for a minute because I mean the listeners know that like I don't live in Chicago normally but I've been here since April and so the whole summer into now fall and I have noticed that a lot of people dress off the rack it's giving J Crew, it's giving Banana Republic it's giving Ann Taylor and it's like you don't look bad but I would say that my fits that I would get off in New York I'm not wearing here and when I do wear them I feel like I'm doing too much like I'm like oh it's so funny in New York, I'm like, are my, am I getting a fit off? Like, cause everyone's getting a fit off. It's very stressful. So like, I might like leave the house and be like, oh yeah, like we, we set it off today. Then I go walk to the subway and I see five other people who are also setting it off and maybe they didn't even try as hard. It's actually quite annoying. And then I come here and I'm like, sis, what are you wearing? Like if I'm wearing this, what are you wearing? It's a problem. I mean, first of all, to, to that point, I know I get good fits off, right? But I, I, but I question if they would stand out as much as they do if the general population of the place that I'm at had a higher median level of fits. Like, like it's e- it's easy to have the biggest like the biggest fit in the room when like all the fits are like teeny tiny, you know. <laughs> when everyone else got a baby fit, like it's easy to have the big boy. But actually, like, I am going to use examples. Like, the Christopher John Rogers for Target collection. Fierce. Fierce. I love some color. That's, like, my 
style marker. I'm always going to wear color. And so I've worn a couple of the dresses out and about, out around the town. So here I'm thinking, like, this is from Target. So, like, although it's an awesome collection, it was made for the masses. So, like, you can go to any, not any Target. You go to most Targets and pull up on it or online. Every time I wear one of those dresses out here, someone's like, well, where is it from? And I'm like, I was afraid to wear it in New York because I'm like, other people are going to have them. Like, they're very aware of this designer. They jumped at the Target collection. Like, I have friends in New York who are like, I don't want to wear my dress because other girls might be wearing the dress. Here, it's just not. It's not. That's not what's going on. So it's interesting because you're right. Like, the median fits are pretty not great. But if you're in certain places, people are, you can find pockets of Chicago where people get the fits off. You can definitely find pockets of Chicago. And I feel like that's a big thing. Like, are you going to go to Wrigleyville in search of like massive fits? Probably not. Like, you know what you're getting, you know, you step out somewhere, maybe like Logan or like West Loop, something like that. You're going to get something a little bit more interesting. Right. At the very least, like the median level is going to be at least a little bit higher. I feel like. But also, I think to comment on something that you said, I feel like what looks good looks good. It doesn't necessarily matter. I'm all about my brands. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, at the same time, like, a lot of shit, there's some shit that just looks, like, objectively fire regardless of where it came from. And so people are always people are always going to recognize that. To your example of Target, like, I got a pair of just, like, very, what I feel are basic, like, Target joggers that like I'll wear over short to like the gym and consistently every time I get at least one person like, Oh man, where'd you get those joggers from? It's like, yo, like, target. yeah, like target. <laughs> yeah, please don't gas me target. So, yes. Like, I think first takeaway target has some fire shit. Y'all need to check out target. Second of all, yeah, there's like some shit is just like objectively stylish, regardless of where you get it from and like where you go in it. Like people are gonna like people are gonna notice. Somebody's gonna say something. Right, and fit's important. So mm-hmm. I think tailored pieces because this is something that happens in New York all the time. Someone's getting a fit off, and you're just like, "Where is that from?" And it's like, "Oh, I bought it at Buffalo Exchange." It's like, "Oh, so it's a secondhand fire fit." That's really annoying. Like you just went into the store and put something together and I can't even buy it. And like those wide leg trousers that are having such a moment. I got some in the mail today from Target's fall collaboration and the vibes are immaculate. And like they're just Target trousers, but it's like because they fit, the proportions are good, the wide leg, it's fire. But you're right. Like it doesn't matter where where it comes from. I mean, I don't shop. It's not like I'm wearing rag and bone jeans. Like believe it or not, my jeans are not coming from Abercrombie. So that, that's an interesting topic, right, of the, like, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter where it comes from to an extent, because yeah. I feel like we're veering into, like, the fast fashion conversation, and, like, it doesn't matter where it comes from insofar as where it comes from isn't, like, actively shitty for right. people, the environment, labor practices like you know what i'm saying and that's not to say that like you know target is necessarily wonderful or what have you but like i guess one of the big reasons that i have like brands that i specifically fuck with is because like i know like i've done research into them i like their shit obviously but if you take it a step further and it's like all right if i'm gonna like spend a good chunk of change like patronizing this brand like i want to know like 
where are they getting their stuff, how are they treating their folks, like stuff like that. And so once you find that out and once you're locked in and it's like, okay, like I actually like, they're actually, a, they talk about it and they're actually about it. And it's like at that point, like, all right, cool. Like I feel really good about supporting you and I'm going to actively seek to support you at that point. So is it a no on Zara since we're on the fast fashion conversation? Where are we at with Zara? So for me personally, Zara for, for this is two part. Zara men's clothes is absolute trash. Like I'm sorry, like I'll take all I got I got nothing but slander for Zara men's. Zara women's they got some, they got some they got some decent stuff. Zara men's I got nothing but slander for that. From a style from my own personal style point of view, like it's an absolute no on Zara for me. From a manufacturing, like, fast fashion standpoint, I feel like they're, like, how could they not be fast fashion, right? right. Like, aren't, aren't, like, by definition, aren't they? Yes. They turn out the most volume. The most <laughs> volume of identical looking stuff that's just, like, does it take them longer to bust it out than it does like Fashion Nova? Absolutely. Not the Fashion Nova fits. You know, you know, they got they got brick and mortars. They gotta ship the shit out. They gotta come out with marketing campaigns, etc. It takes time. Yeah, like it's all of the stuff, like, show me a Zara look. Like, what is a Zara look? And like, if anybody pulled one together for me, I guarantee you it's either all almost identical or inherently referential to some of like pieces from different designers that totally. were not depending on like what season they pulled it from. Yeah. That's why people love it. I mean, if you ask the New York girls, every time I stop a person, like what's that fit? Where'd you get that from? They're like Zara. No, my beef with Zara is they don't really make consistent sizes. I was just with a homie who like my college roommate, Natalie, I was staying at her house in when I was in New York and she was like, I'm wearing the Zara top and it's a large. And I said, if you wear a large in that Zara top, then I can't be shopping at Zara. Like, it just doesn't, one second you're a medium, one second you're a double XL. So it just, I, the, it's the sizing for me. Very, very inconsistent. As well as it's always going to, the way that I look at it, it's always going to run small because it's inherently European. All European brands, like, I'm a bigger dude. Like, I'm 6'2". Like, I got some, like, I got some width on me. Like, I try to, like, I, you got to be conscious of stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, anything that's, like, from Europe is probably going to be a little bit slimmer just based on, like, average proportions there versus average proportions here. Um, so, yeah, I'm topping out. Like, if I am if I was going to buy anything from Zara, like a camp shirt, something like that, like, I'd definitely be looking for nothing smaller than, like, a double X. Right. And that's, like, the top of their situation. Exactly. And so it's, like... Which is bring, which is really given like old Hollister, old Abercrombie, like it's we giving body dysmorphia. It's giving crying don't. in the dressing room. It's yeah, we don't that. love that. We don't <laughs> love that. We um, don't love that. We don't love that. But it's also it's hard to argue with Zara, right? Because in the great debate of like buy better or like buy more, it's always, in my opinion, it's a little bit both, right? Or right. more on the. It's a lot on the buy better and buy less but like you got to sprinkle in the like buy more because like if you're gonna buy good especially like everyone's in different monetary situations like not everyone got the coin to afford like splashing out on like a thousand like a rack for a coat or something right. like that so like when you do splash out on something like you got to make sure that it's like an investment piece that's going to be like stylish forever that shit that you can like hold on to for some years 
what happens for people that want to be trendy and that's where that's where Zara that's where Zara comes in for like trendy shit versus like stylish shit like stylish shit you make investments you go to you go to the good brands you go to your John Elliott you go to your like you know whoever you're whoever you're fucking with at the moment that has like you know stylish stuff because there's such a big difference between stylish and trendy but like for your trendy stuff like you want to go to a you know a Zara something like that exactly and to like dip your toe in the water H&M I can't, I'm like, I can't rock with them off rip after that, like, whole, after that whole little, like, monkey in the jungle thing, like, that was, that was, that was just so out of pocket for me, like, there's so many layers of how that made it there, I mean, how does anything like that make it there, but, like, there are just so many layers, I was like, man, and then you think about it, it's like, yo, dog, you combine that with, like, how many, like, 17 cent t-shirts do I really need, like, so. <laughs> so it's a no on H and M. No on H and M. So so where are we shopping? You're not fast fashion's not like your thing. You mentioned John Elliott. Where else are we shopping? Like if you had to pick a few places. When I'm tending to shop by designer, I usually go like I'll go Nordstrom, Saks, because you can hit like yo know, if you especially if you know your brands, like you can clean up on Nordstrom and Saks because if you just consistently search them like, you know, once, twice a week, like, you can find some mean sales on some shit, like, some really fire stuff, so I implore everyone who's trying to get big fits off, go to Nordstrom, go to Saks, peruse that sale, baby, like, you're gonna find something, um, so, like, Nordstrom, Saks, if I'm shopping, like, super brand specific, I'll go to, like, an Essence, like, online, um, Essence, Farfetch, End is decent, I don't love... StockX, anything like that. I got beef with like sneaker resellers, shit like that. Like catch me outside. <laughs> dragging the prices up. Right? You're wa- you're dragging the prices up and making it exponentially harder for folks like myself that are just trying to buy the shit to rock the shit to yeah. get it and not pay more than like the arm and the leg you're already paying for the shit. Like shit's already expensive, bro. Like totally. why are you making it ten times more expensive for me? Like that hurts the pockets. Um but yeah, from like a brand perspective, like John Elliott is dope. I also like to support like local, like your local designers, like local folks. Like I'm got so many Joe Fresh Good pieces. Like that's that's the guy around Chicago. Joe Fresh Good, Rello, like all the Tigers, like hit those local boutiques, like support local, all that. What else? I like Brain Dead. A lot for like graphic tees, stuff like that. Brain Dead, all cap studio, um, for like the graphic stuff. For big pants, you can't go wrong with like Carhartt and Dickies, yo. Like, I'm telling you. For big pants, define big pants. Big in the waist or like big No, pants? like big like big, like wide in I, wide pants would have been a much more apt description. Wide pants. Wide pants. I mean the wider the pant, the bigger the fit. Like wow. it's big fits. Big fits only. <laughs> All right, I love that. Okay, so we have some like hot takes I want to talk about, right? Yeah. The first hot take I have is I personally like it when men wear jewelry. How do you feel about men in jewelry? It's, I'm I'm a huge jewelry guy. I'm an absolute proponent of accessorizing. Accessorizing. You asked about some of my pillars, like ex- pillar number two. Accessorizing is the quickest way to turn mundane, everyday fits that you'd wear at a grocery store into showstoppers. Like, just facts. 
like facts. Like that, like that hoodie and shorts and like the flip flops that you rock into the store. All of a sudden, you got a couple bracelets, couple rings, couple necklaces on. Like that turns into a whole different type of situation. You throw a hat on, like damn, you can step out. Like I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've never felt. I've, you, I've never felt more put together than when I have like accessories on more put together at like my least put together moments. Right. Elevating like outfits that are just super chill. What are the go-to accessories? Do you rock rings every day? What's the necklace situation? Is it gold? Is it silver? So I'm, I'm big on mixing. So I'll mix like silver, gold. I got like probably four. I got two rings I rock every day. Mm-hmm. I got an additional like two or three that I'll throw on if we step in out. There's two, I got like two chains that I'll rock on a regular basis and nothing, nothing huge. There's both from Yerman, like just real solid, like investment shit. They're both like one's titanium and one's like, and one's silver. And I'll just stack those. One's like a shorter, like 24, one's like a, or one's like a 22, one's a 26. And then I got a, uh, shout out local designers. Chris Kite's got one of those dope, like, uh, acrylic Cubans yeah. that'll rock on top of that. But yeah, accessories, accessories are key. Accessories. You got a couple of bracelets as well. You can't go wrong. You it's really hard to go wrong with accessories. Speaking of accessories, I want to hear about like the man bags. I've seen you out and you have like what do we call those? A crossbody bag. Like men are carrying fanny packs. Like what's up with the with the man bags? I want to hear about that. Depends on whatever the shape of the bag is. Is what this is what drives what it's called. Like so, what I wear out usually is like a crossbody type. It's from Aleks. Like that's my go to. First of all, women have had the corner on the bag market for too long. Y'all have had a monopoly for too long. Too long. Like, yo, how am I, like, I got stuff I want to bring out. I got my wallet. I got my keys. We got masks. We got phones. I got lighters. You know, you got, you got all your shit. You got all your things. Like, I only got so many pockets in my pants. And even when I'm wearing big old pants with cargo pockets and stuff, like, where I'm supposed to put all this... I want it all nice, cool, in a spot, and it adds it adds a little to the fit, for sure. Again, accessorize. But so, like, just first of all, incredibly practical. Incredibly right. practical. So, like, functional, facts. Form also elevates the fit, accessorize. But, like, back to the conversation about, like, fast fashion and just, like, more, like, lower price point stuff. It's a great way to, like dip your toe into something that you're not sure if you're really fucking with or not. And to figure out like, okay, I rock with this perfect example on the bags, like call it 20, like mid 2017. I was like, all right, cool. Like I could probably get down with this bag thing, but I got to see how this shakes out. So I copped just like a really basic, like cross body bag from, I believe it was like urban outfitters in like that classic vans, black and white checkerboard. And then I rocked that out a few times. I was like, holy shit, this is both functional and just like looks pretty fire. And then like I started investing in like other ones from there. Okay, look at you. You Now you have the bags on lock. Because I saw the crossbody. I was like, okay. Like I kind of like when men carry bags, like join the charge. Having a bunch of stuff in your pockets is awkward. It's kind of weird. It really is. Really is. It doesn't look how it's supposed to look. It's not laying how it's supposed to lay. And you should have more than your wallet and your phone. Like perhaps you want some chapstick, a mint. Yeah. Um, please. <laughs> Actually, please have a mint. I also want to know, what do you think about dirty forces? Because Complex posted the other day. We already know the hold they have 
on not my community, but a community. And <laughs> I saw a complex post, like, it's a no on dirty forces. What do you think about when your sneakers are, when your white sneakers are dirty? Is it time to retire, get a new pair, or do you rock them? So it depends on the white sneaker. Some Converse's, you can, you can beat those. Like, you can beat those. There's other specific shoes that, like, you can beat a little bit that, like, look a little bit better. Scuffed up forces are most certainly not that. Like, you got to keep them shits crispy. And, like, that's the thing is not hard, like, from a shoe cleaning perspective. Like, if you just wipe them down every time before you step out or, like, after you wear them, like, they never get that dirty unless you trek them through the mud and then, like... Okay, ain't got nothing for to say to you, baby. Like, so no on the dirty forces. Yeah, no on the dirty forces. That's a gentrification of Air Force, and that's not okay. I know. One day I'll make a whole episode about the gentrification of like certain fashion things that like mm-hmm. makes me uncomfortable. Like, I'm sure we can get into that a little bit, but like, <sighs> that's that is one of the things that I'm like that makes me uncomfortable. And I have to say, I'm getting over it because this isn't everyone. There's this whole like framing around gold jewelry being kind of ghetto and now everyone wears like gold jewelry jewelry sacks which like i grew up my whole life my mom always wore gold jewelry yeah i to your point you made a really good point earlier about growing up in the suburbs and kind of just going along with what they were wearing well i almost was like oh maybe it is gaudy because all my friends wear silver and like why is my mom wearing this gold jewelry and then like even to the point now my mom's like when i see you in gold jewelry i'm like who is she because because I grew up in the suburbs, I was like, everyone wore those clunky Tiffany bracelets and everything was silver. And so I was like, yeah, silver's the wave. But like my mom's always been um, on gold jewelry and my family always bought me gold jewelry. But anyway, the gentrification of that, the gentrification of Air Force Ones, um, the whole like just like being really into streetwear. And I think on the one hand, it's cool. Like that's what's cool right now. So they're being trendy. On the other hand... It's it's not giving what I need to give. A, yeah, it's really not. It's giving the opposite of what I needed to give. It's somewhat troubling. Actually, not somewhat troubling. It's extremely troubling. Young kids, stuff like that, their entry point into stuff like that is not, is through, like, you know, some of these, like, streetwear brands that are owned by, like, folks that aren't of the community. And that's their, like, intro into, like, what amounts to be a sole product of like black culture and like skateboard culture. Like, and that's not the entryway. And like, that's not like, that's not me trying to gatekeep that shit by any means. Like as long as you get to the table, like get there somehow, like everyone's eaten type thing. But like at the same time, that's more of a, just like, it's kind of sad. Yeah. It's watered down to me. Yeah. It's watered down. And like how much of the real spirit of it are you really getting? Like, at that point. Right. And I I love what Tyler, the creator, said in his Hot 97 interview about reference points because the reason I like a lot of the things I like are reference points. So, like, my mom jokes with me about my resurgence into gold jewelry, but I'm like, I would remember her wearing, like, gold hoops. She had gold crosses. Like, she always had gold jewelry. Her wedding, like, ring, the band she wears is gold. And I was always like, oh, like, I saw that. Like, wearing polo. Like, my grandma loves anything Ralph Lauren. Like, that's her vibe. I always grew up having polo. Like, I didn't just randomly start liking this stuff. Like, it's stuff I've always liked or I saw or is of my community. And I have a hard time at 28 years old seeing people basically make up things they saw on the internet. But to your point of gatekeeping, 
I don't feel it. I feel like it's hard to say you can't like that because you weren't there. Like as Drake says, you weren't shooting with us in the gym, but like you weren't. So <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I struggle. Like I think you can like things, but you can't make it seem like it's yours. I mean, this is always the thing, right? With like so many things, whether it's like music, fashion, what have you. I guess, first of all, you said everything you like is referential. That's incredibly true. A, B, fashion in and of itself is just referential. All of it. Like designers are designing from some type of reference point, referencing some time, place, feeling, other garment, whatever. And so like that, that is the whole point. And so like, yeah, to see people like just making stuff, essentially like making stuff up on the internet, like. It's brutal. Yeah, it really really is. But like at the same time, it's like, yo, people want to be out here playing themselves, like go right ahead. Right. Or like, or to me, like show what your reference point is. It's like when designers (laughs) rip off, um, other like reference points of things that they weren't there for or places they didn't grow up. It's like, if you're going to reference the art or reference the time, say you referenced it. I think that's Mm -hmm. really hard for people because the internet makes it easy to not know where you got it from. If you Mm -hmm. see an influencer who's wearing forces and has a nameplate necklace and whatever, whatever, you're like, bet I'm getting it too. But you don't know that it's like, okay, people have been wearing nameplate necklaces since like the eighties, if not before. Um, now everybody and their mom. Facts as a gold nameplate necklace and sometimes i feel like i literally have when i do things i like i feel like i'm the poser because i'm like i guess it's like cool now so i'm confused like am i am i a poser no i like this yeah it's it's really interesting right because like i feel like you could also make the argument that like yes they might have picked it up from the influencer and that's where they found it but if they hadn't found it there they would have found it somewhere else. And just because that was their entry point, if they, I guess it kind of depends on what you do with it after your entry point. Cause it's like, if that's your initial reference point for it, but then you do your own legwork and figure out, okay, here's actually where it's from. I think that's what matters. And recognizing that, I think that's what matters more than your initial reference point. But like, let's be very honest here there's very few people that are like finding something like oh i like that and then doing the legwork to find out the background on it. it's like oh shit influencer a likes that cool shit on it which we should do because i think there's certain stuff like say that we really wanted to wear like kimonos like i'm not about to wear like say i bought a kimono in a vintage store and i was like yeah i'm just gonna rock kimonos now like i don't think i would ignore the fact of like what's the reference of a kimono and like I probably shouldn't be wearing them like that or like without seeking understanding. Not that Air Force Ones are kimonos, but you know what I mean. I just think that there's a lot of erasure of fashion as it ties to the black community because we weren't Mm -hmm. seen as like having money or we weren't seen as affluent. And now that streetwear actually is quite expensive. I talk to my mom about this all the time. Like she's, she cracks up because I'm like, okay, things like Kith, like, it is not cheap to wear oh, things from Kit. No, hell no. Like, it's just not cheap. And even if you wanted it, it's selling out. So, I mean, before Kith, it's Supreme. You know what I mean? Like, it's like all these things. I mean, that, like, it's still Supreme. Like, if you that, want it, it's gone. Yeah. Like, and it's a lot. <laughs> and you want it, it's gone. It's a lot. And, like, I mean, you can even take that, extrapolate that to, like, Amiri. Like, those jeans are, like, a rack, a pair. And they go like that. 
perfect, perfect example. I thought I hit a lick on this pair of like white Amiri like tailored flared pants that I was just gonna bust giant fits out in the fall. Copy from Saks was like just on cloud nine, just absolutely <laughs> gassed about this shit. Next morning, get the email. It's like so from Saks. So sorry, your order's been canceled. This item's actually sold out. And I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, like to your point, like there's so many people that want these things like that even like thousand dollar jeans are lasting like 15 to 20 seconds like on the original site like that's wild um i mean you could almost argue to that point you can get into the fact that like we're kind of looking at a monoculture at this point with just like the pervasiveness of the internet and like something that kind of bugs me is like i could walk into like you could walk into probably any high school or damn near like junior high and probably see kids in like fits that you would either rock a piece of or like rock all of and like probably more expensive shoes than you and like the fact that like they're looking at the same type of stuff and like go like yo the fact that like if I'm trying to get a pair of shoes off sneakers like I'm competing with literal 11 year olds like that's insane. Yeah, like the fact that the fashion has transcended, they're not having ugly stages anymore. Like at that age, I wasn't cute. I didn't know what was cute. And even if I wanted these big brands, it would have I would have had to save all my allowance and like part-time job money to buy one piece. Just the flares you were trying to buy on sex would have been it. And yeah. like their parents have bread or they do. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to get this like New Balance Club. I'm going to get this. And you're like, How? Yeah, I really, I really don't know. Like, but at the same time, like, I get it. Cause like, if every, if like a lot of kids are showing up to school in that, like, I'm sure that there's like a whole lot of, if you talk to like kids in like probably fifth and sixth grade, there's probably a whole lot of like bullying and shaming and clowning going on around like people's fits and stuff. And so like, if I was a parent at that point, my kid came home, he's like, dad, the shit you put me in from, you know, Marshall Fields is not hitting. They clowning me at school. It's like, all right, son, like you line up for the new ALD drop, go crazy, bro. Like here's my credit card. Like I know, but it's like you're lining up for the ALD drop and you look like everyone else though. Like it's like a very weird, I mean, I haven't quite figured it out because I think what you could teach your kid if you had a girl or a boy and you're like, look, make fun of your clothes. We're going to show you how to get your fit off with what you have. Because that's what it's had to come down to. Like I'm not buying everything I own can't be expensive. And that's me with the full-time job and no kids. So I'm like, like you said, I have some strong basics. Like you got some fire jeans that fit you well and some trousers, got a couple of skirts, got some cute mm-hmm. sneakers and we're going to get these fits off. Like well, That's a fact. Like to your point, that's where like accessorizing comes in and that like accessorizing and styling are huge. But, like, you hit on it, like, a while back is, like, how your shit fits, like, how your clothes actually fit is absolutely huge. Like, that is arguably more important than where you got them from. Like, I use the example of, like, you see a dude in a super well-fitting, like, tailored suit. You The automatic assumption is that shit was expensive. He could have right. bought that off the rack at Uniqlo and had them just chop that up 11 different ways until it fit, like, some shit that he got from Tom Ford. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, most people don't 
most people, like your average person, don't have, doesn't have, generally speaking, the taste level to be able to like look at something like that and be able to look past like, oh, that fits really well and be like, oh, the shoulder here, the seam here, okay, this is kind of giving like, you know, Cole's vibes versus like Concord. But like most you know, <laughs> the Cole's vibes. <laughs> Yo, no hate to Cole's. No hate to Cole's. A lot of my clothes growing up came from Cole's. Can't Cole's cash. Yo, Cole's cash. That's Cole's a cash. Lit. That's a lit. <laughs> Cole's cash comes in the mail, Blake, baby, we going to Cole's and splashing out. Right. Like cash that, me out. That was an occasion in the Helms household. Woo-wee! <laughs> we was getting all the slippers, all the pajama pants, all the Nike shorts. You need new slides? Bet. Run it. We're going to Cole's. That's, that's like a Midwest suburban staple. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. got to pull up to Cole's. So I have a few more questions. I would say one of them is, what is your biggest fashion inspiration? It doesn't have to be celebrity. It could be a person, but like, who do you look to? Like, yes, these are the fits. Two folks right now, Jerry Lorenzo and Kirby John Raymond. It's not even what they're wearing necessarily, even though what they're wearing is just like absolutely gas. Like yeah. those boys don't miss. I mean, it helps that they be designing some of the most fire shit on the market right now. But like, Mostly what I take from them is they just dress unabashedly them at all times. It's always like, like Jerry looks like Jerry. Kirby dresses like Kirby always. Like they're never, no matter the event, like Jerry wore sweats to the Met Gala. Like legit like the sweats. From his sweats that I, that I own that I can tell you are $99. Like nothing special. But they look like, just looked fire. Like one of the best dressed dudes there. Not letting the occasion or trying to, like, do too much, like, get you out of your zone. Like, find your zone, stick in your zone, whatever your zone is, because that's where you're going to look the best. And, like, not everything is for everyone. Like, the fits that I that I get off, not for everyone. Like, right. not, like, that's not to say, oh, my fits are so great, not everyone can pull them off. It's more like that speaks to me, my personality, and my style, and how I carry myself. And like, it would seem very, it could seem inauthentic on others. That's actually good advice. Like stay in your lane, essentially. Like mm-hmm. you can experiment, but like, cause yeah. I find myself stressing about that too. Say it's mostly before big events. So the Met Gala is a good example. I feel like day to day, I rock my style. I like color. I like, and don't like things that are tight. I like, like loose silhouettes. I like some stuff that's like tailored, but it'd be a pant. Yeah. And I love sneakers. I don't do heels. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't ever have, like, really open-toed shoes because I typically live in New York City and your toes can't be out in the subway. That's just foul. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I... Get your toes out on the subway. <laughs> that's just how I personally feel. I don't. I know that's not everyone's ministry, but you won't see me. You won't see me with my toes out and about on the subway. That's just not what I'm going to do. So, like... You know, that's kind of where I'm at. But before I go to a wedding or like, you know, a graduation or some kind of t- occasion, I feel like I start coloring outside the lines. Like I'm like, is what I typically wear good enough for this event? And I come back to my truth eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think that's good advice to just be like, no, be you. Whatever you can, yeah. you have to like do the most. Yeah, like whatever and whatever that looks like for the dress code, like whatever, like you got a black tie wedding to go to, do black tie however you would do black tie. And like I also understand that might not always be the best advice because some people don't have enough of a like direct bead on like what their thing or like their style is to be like, oh, that's me. That's how I'm going to do black tie. And so that's tough. So like, 
I guess find reference point, find people. I guess to that point, if you don't know like what your thing is, what you know that looks like for you, my best advice for that is pull up IG, whatever, like find pictures of folks that you think are dressed well and then sit with it for a minute and be like, why do I think they're dressed well? Like what about their fit do I like? Is it the whole thing speaking to me? Is it the color of the shirt? Is it the fit of the pants? Is it the proportions of both? Is it how the shoes fit? Figure out what that is because once you figure out what you like about it, then you can replicate that. Like once you figure out the formula, you can play with that formula and how it works for you. But like you got to figure out what you like first. Totally. Like, that's good advice because I was going to say that if you're a person, I was going to say a guy, but not even just a guy. Like, if you're, because there are women like this too. If you don't know what you're doing with your fits, Instagram is like a great visual because I think it can help you, like, okay, this is my body type. This is how it looks on this person. I like this. Or, like, even if it has nothing to do with you, it could be off the runway. I'm like looking Mm -hmm. at Naomi Campbell and that beautiful, like, pink blazer she had on, which I had a pink blazer. In college, it was from The Gap. It was dark times. Like, don't even worry about it. But I love that, like, tailored, like, I love the way that blazer was laying, like, many mm-hmm. different body types, but, like, that was a fit. And, like, on brown skin, like, the like the color looked mm-hmm. hot. And, like, so just those reference points, like, yes. save them up. Make exactly. a file. Exactly. Save that up. Like, you know, that mental mood board. Exactly. Like, that's going to save you so many times because I go back and I'm like, yeah, like that's the fit. It's like, yeah, it's like that's why I liked it. Because again, like you can replicate that. And you can exactly what you said about that blazer. Like you can take that like distillation of that and apply that to a t-shirt, to a hoodie damn near. Like, you know, whatever you want. Like, because yeah, like once you get the idea, once you got the framework, like you can mix and match and put stuff and like put stuff in there. Like that's the key. Yes. So I'm going to be messy for a second. What is one fit you absolutely hate to see? Like you see it and you're just like. Okay. I got two fits. I got two fits. One, one for each community. One for the one I'm a part of. One for the one I'm not a part of. Okay. Um, speak on my own first. The Rock Nation brunch fit. Like, okay. <laughs> outline. Outline it for us. <laughs> All right. Let's start like the turtleneck. The chains on the outside, the pea coat, top coat, however you want to call it, the overly aggressively tight jeans, and the Chelsea boots. Call them brunch boots, whatever you want. They actually call Chelsea boots, but man, that look is played. I've seen it in so many hues. That has been memed so many times. Like, just stop. Stop. That's not to say stop wearing turtlenecks, because like the top half of that fit can go and like you can play with that a little bit but like honestly the rock nation brunch fit has kind of ruined like all type of like turtlenecks with things for me chains on the outside like if you were gonna get that fit off you needed to get it off like at least two and a half to three years ago if it was gonna if it was gonna hit correctly now like not used a meme dog so like that's that's it for me of my community. And then for the other one, it's that, uh, I feel like you would probably know this as like the midtown bro. I'm talking like the, the picnic table plaid shirt, whether that be gingham, Buffalo check, whatever, 
and then just like the business slacks or like the Lulu pants, whatever they'd be getting away with for business casual these days. Those cold, those atrocious Cole Haan like airism shoes that are the business up front, like, like <laughs> they're like the wingtips up front with like this, like the Yeezy soles or no. something. Like Yeezy soles, and then they top it all off with the North Face or the Patagonia vest. You know, maybe Arcteryx if they get money, but like. <laughs> <laughs> that's- I have like the Arthur fist, like <laughs> that fit. I'm like, I am allergic to that fit. If I see you approach me in that fit, I'm walking away. Like the, it's so upsetting the preconceived notions that fashion gives you about people. Because if you pull up to me in that fit, I am, I already don't like you. And that's sad. But off tops, I'm like, we are fundamentally different. Yeah, I hate this outfit. Brad. That's like that's Brad and Chad vibes right there. It's Brad and Chad, and honestly, Brad and Chad could do better because when we're talking about communities, because we're fun, you're super funny. You're like my community. Like <laughs> black people will clown people's fits. If you go to the family gathering and your fit is bad, someone's gonna be like, "Your fit is bad." Like, and it might be passive aggressive. Like my grandma might be like, "Do you feel uncomfortable in that? It's a little tight." Like she might, it might, it might be passive aggressive, but someone's telling Brave you. Brave of you to wear that. I would never do that. Right. Someone is telling you that your fit is bad. Yeah, you catching shots. Right. For for the Brad and Chad, I feel like nobody's saying that because their father nope. or fraternity brothers are also wearing said outfit. Now, there are guys who are in a similar place as you were. You were saying were like, I was just going with the flow. It's like they never got off the train. You've been going with the flow since freshman year. So, like, it's time to return to Patagonia. Yeah. And find a style. You don't have to wear John Elliott, but, like, yeah. you don't need to wear Patagonia. Like, and there's certain Patagonia things you can wear. Patagonia, great brand overall. Talk about manufacturing, caring about the earth, all that shit. Love them. They're doing their thing. Right. But no vests. No vests. Yeah. Cut the vest. <laughs> Granted, even if you want to wear a vest, I got a super dope vest. It's from Nike. It's cheetah print. Like, that shit's hot. That sounds like a fit. I'm ready to see that. Yeah. It's very, very hot. I fuck with that. So you, that's the thing. You can take the tenets of what you like and mix it up. But like, yo... No Patagonia vest, no Brooks Brothers shirt, no goddamn Cole Haan shoes. Like, it's just, it's over with. It also just doesn't give me any, um, it goes down to the root of something for me. Like, in general, whether it be fashion or whether it be, like, music or just whatever you're into, I want to know you. I want to learn your reference points. So, like, if you're really into rap, like, I'm into rap because my dad used to listen to rap, like, in the, in the car when I was a child. My parents also listened to, like, a lot of Sade. They listened to a lot of, like, oldies. I still like all that stuff in 2021. Yeah. I like certain clothes, like I said, because they like certain clothes, jewelry, etc. But, mm-hmm. like, when people wear things like that, I'm like, what are your reference points? Like, that's... I think that's why I'm saying I don't enjoy, whether it be the Rock Nation brunch look or the, um... Or the, like, the pa- classic Patagonia bro look. It's like, what are you referencing and what do you like? Like, what yeah. am I supposed to get, like get from that that's the thing like it's always i've always treated like getting dressed as like it's gone it, like it's supposed to say something about you and right. stuff and that's why like i love like the one like super busy piece or like statement piece because like yo that's gonna say something about me and like when you water like back to like monoculture things like that it's like when you want like something that like just it lacks originality Right. And like that speak, like when you're, 
And this isn't always the case, because, like, you know, I know plenty of lovely people that are just, like, horrendous dressers. Like, they don't know their ass from the elbow when it comes to getting a fit off. Like, and it, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal, but, like, they're lovely people, and so this doesn't always speak to that. But, like, at the same time, like, to your point of, like, you see someone in the Patagonia fit, like, coming up to you, it's like, yo, I'm going to run the other way. Like, if I see you in a fit that I see, like, five other people in, like, that tells me that you lack originality, and, like, that probably bleeds over into other areas of your life. Like, right. like fits are not the only thing that you lack originality in. Right, like, that's why the personality is not giving... I think that's, like, why I wanted to talk to you, like, just to tie up the conversation with a bow, because I think it's become normalized to not really care about how you look in the male population. Like, caring somehow caring about how you look became, like... I don't know, just frivolous and not important, but it, it actually is. And it's not because you need to like put your best foot forward. It's because it's like, who are you? Like when I, like women are from like nail polish to like how they color their hair, what makeup they wear, what clothes they're wearing, what bag, what shoes, like all that stuff is saying something about who they are and what they like. For men, I'm like very sick of having no indicators. Like, oh, okay. So you like this, like everyone else likes this and you don't care. Like it's, I can't with that. I can't do it. I feel like, to that point, a lot of men are still, like, it is still very recent that, like, men expressing themselves in really any type of way outside of, like, fist bumps, chest bumps, and, like, punch in the wall is, like, is acceptable and, like, cool. And so a lot of dudes are still relegating that, like, okay, like, what does expressing myself mean? How do I go about that? Whether that's through, like, how I dress, etc. And so, like, they still trying to figure it out. I mean, some people will, some people won't. Um, but yeah, like putting, like, yeah, tell me, tell me something about yourself. Like showcase at least a little bit of that personality. Cause like, why, like you look like five other people in the room. Like I could probably talk to any of you and get the same thing. Right. And also like you intrinsically have a different personality from everyone else. Like we are individuals. So it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's okay as a man to showcase Mm -hmm. your individuality. Also, to you, we have to end it on this. Like, do you think that you got to post photos of your fits on the Instagram? Because I honestly think that I go to guys' Instagrams and I'm not seeing any fit pics, I'm not seeing any looks, and that does kind of disappoint me. So how do you feel about <laughs> taking photos of your looks? You ask people, do you think that's awkward? What's the vibe? Um, you can't ask, A, you need, you need pics of yourself, whether it's to put on IG, whether it's just to put – whether it's just for yourself, I mean, why would you not put them on IG? Like, you know, like people want to see you, people follow you because they want to see you. So like, show them a little bit. You ain't got to post every day, but like, you know, once a month, maybe shit. <laughs> like, you got to keep that grill looking a little fresh. Um, but yo, like, don't have random people take pics of you because like, they're never going to turn out good. You need someone that knows your angles or like, either knows your angles or like, learn them yourself and use that self timer. Ain't no shame in that facts use this all timer learn the angles and like be okay with knowing that like i think even yeah. as a woman sometimes i thought there was like a certain aspect of vanity to being like oh take my picture or like do i look good in this outfit but there's not like it's look good feel good yeah like i spent time getting ready like i why would i not want to look good like you step out the crib like wow why would you my thing has always been like why would you not like what do you gain you don't gain anything from not looking good like and, but you do stand to potentially gain something from looking good. Like, 
totally. I think it's um, first impressions matter. First impressions matter, and also you just feel better. And it's and I think it's fun. Like I think it's yeah. been fun to come into my own style. And after the journey you've shared with us, I'm sure it's been oh. fun to finally feel like you're getting it right. Like there, I've always cared how I looked, mm-hmm. but sometimes I was like in the wrong direction because it was part what I thought I should look like and part. Like, I was trying to execute what I wanted to look like within the parameters of what I thought I should look like. Yep. So going back to, like, Patagonia Vest Bros, it was cool to wear North Faces and Sperry's. We were wearing boat shoes and had never been on anybody's boat. Like, Absolutely not. Never. Boat shoes, inland. Inland mm-hmm. boat shoes. Landlocked. <laughs> Landlocked boat. Like, I mean, at least you live near Lake Michigan. Like, I grew up in Ohio. So, like. I was girl, like, <laughs> landlocked. I was literally just chilling. Like, I'm not no boat in sight and so it's like you're wearing Sperry's and skinny jeans and like it was just weird but to your point that really made me think about making it a little spicy I would like when it's cool to be preppy I would be preppy but like with pizzazz exactly I'm gonna be preppy but I'm gonna give you some sauce and like now I'm just like I'm doing I'm going rogue like I don't even know what you guys are doing I've gone rogue (laughs) like I don't I don't care about the parameters off the deep there are no parameters I know that's the thing. To your point, like, it feels so good. I have such a clear, defined vision of, like, what I like, what I want to wear, and, like, how I want to wear it that, like, nobody can tell me shit. Like, you tell me – like, if you tell me my fit doesn't look good, if I don't respect you, I'm just like, yo, your taste level is just too low. You just ain't get it. Like, if you don't get it, this ain't for you. Like- <laughs> it's above me. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like – I don't know what to tell you. Like, this fit is gas, objectively. Um, right. Get into it. It makes shopping easy, and it makes that it makes that serotonin hit so much heavier when you get that pack in that you ordered off the internet, and you bought it, and, like, it fits perfect exactly how you knew it was going to, how you knew you wanted it to, and you right. can just picture it, like, seamlessly sliding into, like, six, seven different fits. Like, that's chef's kiss. Yeah, that's, like, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Well, thanks for hanging with me, Ben. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. I feel like you gave some good advice for the people, like what to look out for, how you came into your style, and hopefully we encourage more people, but like also dudes in general to like care about what they put on. Care about what you put on and like, bro, people are peeping your IG, like curate that shit a little bit. Everyone else is, like why wouldn't you? I'm literally looking at Instagrams and being like, really? You're not going to post anything? Like, uh, that's a different episode. That's a different episode because yeah. I got a lot to say about that. You saw, you saw my Instagram stories. Yeah. <laughs> she said what she said. I said what I said. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Define Normal. If you like the episode or have any feedback for me, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Define Normal. See you next week.